Hi, everybody. This is Science Modeling Talks, the podcast that features top modeling instructors and thought leaders sharing ideas. I'm your host, Mark Royce. Remember to visit sciencemodelingtalks.com to access extra content related to our interviews and to learn more about our guests. While you're there, share your thoughts and comments by clicking the link that says, Tell us what you think. We really want to hear from you. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. My guest for this episode is Frank Novakowski. Frank is the science curriculum leader at Lake Park High School in Roselle, Illinois. He's been teaching for 24 years and took his first modeling workshop in 2003. Frank began modeling in biology in 2014 and has since become a modeling workshop leader. Here's my interview with Frank. Hi, Frank. How's it going? Hey, great to be here. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm doing well. So I'm excited to talk to you about the the things that you're doing uh, in the modeling realm, in your classroom, in uh, the uh, extracurricular things that you're doing that, that support modeling and, and uh, encourage science teachers. So let's start by you just telling us a little bit about you and where you are teaching and what you're teaching and how you're approaching it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I live in Illinois uh, in uh, a suburb of Chicago. Roselle is the town that I teach in. High school is Lake Park. Took took a position of, um, it's kind of like a department chair, but we call it just something different. It's curriculum leader at Lake Park and uh, previously taught at Wheaton Warrenville South for, for 21 years. Um, and that was kind of where I got my start in modeling. Uh, taught with Jim Stankovitz for for several years, oh, yeah. and uh, I know Phil Colcasey has has been on your program before here, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he's he's really been instrumental in getting a lot of teachers in Illinois trained with with modeling instruction and. And, and so that was where I started. I took a physics workshop, I believe in 2003 was the first one. And then I, and then I took a second one. And then the biology materials got released. Uh, as soon as I found out those were released, we were able to, to get a workshop. And then I started using uh, the biology materials uh, the following year. I had already uh, taught physics for a couple of years and so was familiar with using modeling instruction in physics uh, but was but was very excited about uh, the the biology materials and and how we could you know take those strong student-centered approaches that were developed and and apply them in biology and so that's where I'm at now. I am teaching biology to freshmen and providing training and resources to to teachers uh, at at the school I teach at now. And um, you know, I've also been very fortunate to to participate in a lot of modeling workshops, lead a lot of modeling workshops. Um, 
Florida FIU has a has a strong uh, modeling program there, and uh, I've been uh, to individual high schools uh, that just want workshops for their own school. Um, been to universities like FIU and Cal Poly, um, so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been great meeting just so many teachers that really care about science education and that's why they're there they want to promote science education and develop their curriculum in the most student-centered way possible tell me how when you got introduced to modeling instruction how did it inform your teaching and and how did it change your approaches or did it, you know, and, and then I also want to hear about maybe there's a second question that about how the biology uh, materials have impacted your teaching in the classroom. So first, just how modeling has informed you and then biology. Yeah, so I went to the University of Iowa and my degree is in science education Hmm. So it was specifically a science teaching degree. Mm-hmm. And the program there was highly inquiry-based. I mean, every methods course um, all centered around inquiry-based instruction. Hmm. And so modeling was not, uh, you know, a stretch for me at all. Hmm. Uh, in evaluating my own teaching, the biggest weakness I felt like I had was connecting topics to each other. And also in the sense that I thought that that was, you know, part of my job. Well, I have to show students how these things are related and how Mm -hmm. they're connected. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, taking, taking that first modeling workshop really, you know, as the phrase goes, open my eyes to a couple of things where, number one, the connections are really important, right? How are these things related, but also um, guiding students through the process of making the connections, right? The, The onus is on the student, okay, how does this connect for me based on my prior knowledge mm-hmm. as a student, right? Not as the teacher, well, I have to prove to them how these things are related. So so those were kind of the, the two uh, key things that, that I picked up and, and that changed for me. And then, you know, when the, when the biology modeling materials came out, um, you know, I mentioned I, I, jumped in on those right away and so one of the one of the things that we've talked about in workshops is hey if you're going to if you're going to do modeling to dabble and like okay well I'll try it for a little bit or maybe I'll do it with this unit right it's it's to dive in and do do the whole approach take the binder and just go through it hmm and then as you do that, you start to understand how the materials were put together, right? How the units are 
aligned to progress, right? What kinds of connections your students are going to make. And then you can start to tweak to make it work for your specific situation or, or your group of students and make it fit their needs and, you know, make it fit a little bit of your own personal teaching style as well. Yeah. And, and so that's what I did. I, I just, we did the binder straight through and then, um, and then started kind of exploring the ideas of, okay, well, why does unit two come after unit one? And is there, is there another activity that we could do that would help students make the connection between unit two and unit three or whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So you've been using modeling for about 20 years now. And, uh, but yeah, one, at some point you started actually teaching workshops. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I think the first biology workshop uh, that I ran was in 2014. Mm-hmm. And that was at Wheaton Warrenville South. And then kind of, you know, progressed from there as, as more teachers in Illinois became trained. Uh, there were you know, schools who I mentioned previously, you know, requesting, you know, hey, can can we get a one-day workshop, like in, in a single school in Illinois? Um, and then, you know, FIU has their EFFECT program, uh, which is which is a really great program to, to try to improve science education, specifically in inner-city schools in Miami-Dade County. Um, so, I was fortunate enough to uh, get involved there and so was was able to uh, do some workshops there for about four years. And um, I think eight, in eight years or so, I've done, done, you know, 12 or 13 workshops yeah. total so far. And, um, you know, it's good that people are still you know, it hasn't fallen off, if you will. People are still excited. People still want to improve their instruction. And um, so it's great to still have opportunities to be able to connect with teachers and, you know, just kind of talk teaching and share what we know and 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 see how we can uh, continue to help students grow. Yeah. Modeling got its start and was pretty much fairly focused in the physics arena and then uh and then they added the chemistry component i know at some point after that and then then the biology uh curriculum started to evolve what are the kind of the top tips i guess i would say that you've learned uh insights that you've learned especially as it relates to biology curriculum and how modeling um connects with the with the biology uh, classroom i think the you know the skills like if if you if you talk about like the skills that we want kids to know and be able to do in modeling right they're very similar to the science and engineering practices um, through ngss right we want kids to be able to ask good questions 
right? We want them to be able to identify um, problems. We want them to develop and use models, right? And so the representations that you that you have um, are there's I don't want to say they're limited, but you know, in physics, you have mathematical representations that that drive a lot of what you're doing. Um, but you don't have as many of those in biology. Mm. So you have to try to, you know, just think about, okay, what kinds of representations can we use here for this, for this core idea, um, you know, to help students develop their mental model and, and make connections in the content. We'll get right back to the interview in a moment. But first, did you know you can support the AMTA by simply shopping online with Amazon? When you use Amazon Smile, Amazon will make a donation to the AMTA at no additional cost to you. Setting up Amazon Smile is easy. Just go to smile.amazon.com and select American Modeling Teachers Association as your preferred charity. Your signing up will really help the modeling cause. Now, back to the interview. What would you say when you're teaching uh, a biology workshop for modeling instructors? What are kind of the top things that you bring to the table there and insights that you've gained through your experiences that you really want to get across in those workshops? Now, I think there's two two main things for, for me, right? Uh, number one is there's there's all these components of modeling that have had you know different names throughout the course of education, right? Like cooperative learning, for example. Everybody's everybody's familiar with that, um, but but modeling relies heavily on cooperative learning, right? You're having students work in groups and and work together, and so. Uh, it's the classroom environment. If you want modeling to be successful, the classroom environment that you develop is is really critical. You you know you want students to be comfortable making mistakes. You want them to learn how to ask good questions. You want them to be able to, you know, challenge their peers when necessary. Well, hey, here's what I think, and this is why. So, how did you come up with? with your response, you know, th- those kinds of things. And you you have to have a good classroom environment, a positive classroom environment to be able to promote that kind of discourse mm-hmm. in your classroom. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's the first one. And then, and then the second one, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it before, the, the connections, right? So, before I started using the biology materials, I I taught biology, but it was okay. Here's a unit on living things, right? Characteristics of living things. Okay, well, next we're going to talk about evolution. Well, and yeah, it's part of biology, right? But but never really thinking about well, hey, we can take these concepts that students have, and we can guide them in a way that they can connect this new thing that we're talking about to what they already know. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, that's a that's another thing that um, I really try to focus on and and have you know worked a lot to kind of develop uh, tips, if you will, right for okay say this is your sequence, right? Well, we do, we're going to do evolution uh, later in the year and we're going to do genetics earlier in the year, right? Because, you know, part of, part of modeling is you, you have this curriculum, right? But the curriculum is, is not set in stone. You have to, you know, make it work for your situation. And, and so it's, it's supposed to be flexible, and so, um, you know, when you move things around, um, you, you, you need to make sure that you understand how to make, you know, help kids make connections between what you're exploring now and what their prior knowledge is. Mm-hmm. But, but you also have to be able to make sure that you're not um, creating gaps in their understanding by by changing things around and so really putting some some concentrated effort into thinking about what potential gaps or pitfalls there could be for student learning and making sure that you address those within that cycle that you're going through mm-hmm. so would you say it's um that in the classroom as you move through the curriculum, you're kind of helping the students understand a storyline. You're, you're creating a storyline to help them connect, you know, this concept to the next concept to the next concept. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Most certainly. And, you know, there is a, a, a pedagogical um, methodology developing right in biology for the last few years called storylining oh um you know if if you're familiar with that or not uh i'm not sure but no um okay (laughs) i'm not but i'm not in the classroom either or connected with you guys you know got you so you know it's a phenomenon based pedagogy where you're where you're going through the these these activities in a sequence that's based on a story that's designed to um, oh, get get students attention right make, make them uh, interested and, and motivated to, to learn science mm. um, and and so so yeah I think that 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 is important right that as you as you go through and you know, like in chemistry, they have what's called the story so far. So as they go through and they progress, right, they'll they'll wrap things up and they'll they'll talk about okay, what can we add to the story so far? Mm-hmm. And so we do we do something similar in bio where we are attempting to generate a storyline that helps make it cohesive and students um, can continue forming forming connections uh, between between new ideas and and ideas that they've already gone through. You mentioned that you teach freshman students in high school, right? High school. Um, yes. And how do you find that freshman students are engaging with you <laughs> at, at kind of young age? You know, freshmen, there's a big difference between the years in high school. And uh, how are they engaging with you in the biology classroom? 
It's a, it's a unique uh, set of students, right? Uh, they don't have a lot of the skill set that, that you need because most of them haven't had a class where, you know, the teacher has given them some freedom to think and, you know, they're not just sitting there listening and writing down everything you're trying to say, right? And so um, it is, you know, kind of one of the benefits of, I think, having a cohesive program at the high school, right, where, where teachers are using biology, chemistry, and physics, and students can kind of learn and develop some of these skills, some, some of the modeling skills, it actually increases their success in chemistry and physics as sophomores and juniors. I know that's kind of a side tangent of, of what you asked, right? But, but I think it's important because, um, you know, I'm, you talk about trying to, again, make, make, a, make science for students um, an experience. It's good to have cohesion in the different core content areas that they're, that they're learning about so that they can take and take those same skills and, and apply it to a new content area. So are you planning to lead any workshops coming up this year in 2023? So this coming summer, uh, Cal Poly, uh, which ran uh, physics, chemistry, and biology last summer, and last summer was the first time that they had ever run biology, um, is, mm. is planning on doing all three workshops again this coming summer. And so, and so they've asked uh, uh, John Anderson uh, and Brenda Royce and myself to, to return to run those three workshops this summer. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I forgot that you had uh, been at Cal Poly when my wife was there in, in, as an instructor. That's cool. Um, so give give a pitch to those who are listening uh, to invite people to join you in your workshop. What, what, why would somebody want to be there? Yeah, you, you know, um, there aren't... That many experiences, I don't think. I mean, when, when I took a modeling workshop, it, you know, it was different than other workshops that I had been to, right? Um, not just because it's longer, but the group of people that are there, right, that are so passionate about teaching um, and, and, and want to you know, learn about about modeling and and how to improve instruction for their students. Um, it's 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 just been great, and so it's the experience of of going through the activities and you know putting yourself in the student's position, right? We, we have uh, what we call student mold, where you, where, um, which people who are listening who are familiar with modeling know what that is, but you, you essentially are putting yourself in the role of a student 
And it's, you're learning so much about what the student experience would be. And, and there's no, there's no other um, professional development experiences that I've had uh, that are similar. Uh. You know, you're, you're always, okay, well, uh, you know, oh, well, here's a great activity. Okay, well, I can do this, right? But going through the activities and thinking about, well, what would students say in this situation? And how would I respond to that? How, how can I help them make these connections? Um, it's, it's, it's just a great experience. And, and every workshop, there's new people who have uh, fresh ideas. I've certainly become a better teacher through, through leading workshops. Um, I learned something new at every workshop. So, um, so I, I love continuing to be able to do them. Yeah. Can you give us a, a, a little bit of an overview of what your workshop will look like? Yeah, it's a two it's a two week workshop, and uh, you know, uh, generally speaking, uh, you know, in, in a daily schedule, we we do some cooperative learning type activities. You know, talking about that classroom environment um, and, and the importance of you know developing that positive environment that students feel. Uh, you know, safe to share and learn and make mistakes in. Um, and then, um, you know, it's, it's essentially a deep dive into the materials in the binder. Um, so, uh, you know, at that, at that workshop, we cover the first uh, four units, which is essentially the first semester of biology content. And so um, we are, we're doing, um, we're doing the activities. We're whiteboarding. We're discussing. Um, we're looking at the exercises. We're we're talking about the curriculum as it is, and then I try to also, you know, give give the people in the workshop, hey, here's what my population of students is like. And, and here are ways that I've tweaked the materials to fit the needs of my students. Hmm. You know, I mentioned the importance of going through the materials um, so that you kind of know, right, what, what the sequence is and, and how and why they were developed that way. Uh, but it's also important for, for teachers to know that there's flexibility and, and they need to um, you know, if their students have specific needs, um, you know, they need to make modifications to, to best fit their students. And so I try to try to walk them through not necessarily the things that I do um, that are different, but how did I come to making this thing different and why? And then how it fits in the sequence and and reinforces what um, the overarching concepts and ideas are in that unit, so that students can continue to build um, build their model. That's great. Well, 
I know that our, our anyone listening can uh, go to the website of modelinginstruction.org, modelinginstruction.org, and find out there's all the workshops that are coming up are listed there, and Frank's would be one of them. And uh, so if you're interested, uh, it would be great for you to go check that out and get signed up for a workshop. One of the things that I guess we we did that was cool this past summer was we had a um, we had a combined session. So John, Brenda, and I we all brought our workshops together because part of NGSS is cross cutting concepts, and so we decided to have a joint session on energy. Yeah, and that was really neat. That was a good experience. Um, mm-hmm. So the workshop experience is, um, it sounds like it's immersive and very instructional, but also inspiring. And uh, I'm really, first of all, I want to say thank you for the work that you're doing with uh, helping to get other teachers informed and, and educated on the methodologies that you're using. And uh, also, I'm always very very proud and and uh want to thank teachers in general you know and the fact that you've decided to give your life to that uh profession is really really great so thanks for that i appreciate the opportunity that that people want to take these workshops and 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 learn more about teaching and and you know how how can i do this better yeah yeah it's great well, Frank, I want to say thank you for taking the time to spend with me and uh, share your thoughts. And they've been, it's been really great. I've enjoyed talking with you very much. And uh, I guess you're going to be seeing my wife this summer. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm looking forward to working with her again. She obviously has, has a lot of knowledge. And yeah. like I said, that, um, that joint session... Um, you know, I, I learned, I think as much, right. As, as any of the participants in the workshop, just talking about that cross-cutting concept of energy and, and how it's approached in, in physics, chemistry and biology. And, you know, what are some of the ways that we can try to work together across those three core content areas so that when students take biology and they take chemistry and they take physics, they're getting a similar um, treatment of, okay, here is how we talk about energy. And, and it makes sense in all three of these core content areas. Yeah, cohesion uh, across them. That's awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for being here this evening. And uh, I, it's been great talking with you. You too. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Science Modeling Talks. Head over to sciencemodelingtalks.com and you'll be able to listen to any of our archived episodes and access our show notes, which include guest bios, show highlights, and links to resources that were mentioned during the interview. While you're there, subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. When you join this community through our email list, we'll send you a link to a lot of awesome resources from the American Modeling Teachers Association. 
Okay, so that's our show. As always, remember to keep striving for excellence in your classroom.